The Workman Mill Road Hitchhiker by T.L. Reeve. I grew up in Whittier, California, a Quaker community nestled within the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains. It's friendly and welcoming. The city has been featured in several movies and television shows over the years. Richard Nixon went to Whittier High School. So did John Lasseter. In fact, we share a commonality. We both had the same art teacher. When I was a child, there were several stories floating around town about Workman Mill Road and the day the hillside of Rose Hills washed away. My father was a student at Rio Hondo College. He worked during the day, and then three nights a week, he would attend classes to obtain his drafting degree. During a particularly bad storm, he'd been on his way to school when he was turned around at the mouth of Beverly Boulevard and Workman Mill Road. A mudslide was the only explanation given. The next day, the full extent of the devastation was revealed. It wasn't a normal mudslide. Rose Hill Cemetery takes up both sides of Workman Mill Road. It encompasses 1,400 acres and has several chapels located on the grounds, including a Buddhist temple. When the rain came, it washed a large section of the hillside across the road, along with all the mud and grass and debris were coffins. It took several days to clear the road to let traffic through again, and longer for the mortuary to rebury the bodies. A year later, a fence was erected so that this particular incident never happened again. However, the damage was already done. The stench of embalming fluid, decay, and death, along with wet earth and cut grass, permeated the air. And in the beginning, there was not a time when the smell wasn't overwhelming. There was also an unnatural quietness to the stretch of the road. From the curb in the road to the entrance of the college, the noise stopped. Yes, it was a busy stretch of road. It connected Whittier with the city of industry, yet with as much traffic that traversed the roadway, at the curve, it was silent. To me, it still remains an unexplained phenomenon, and at night, it's worse. To say I hated the road is an understatement. As a child, I couldn't explain why it disturbed me other than the fact that the dead were crowding in. A sense of dread always filled my stomach when we would turn off the main road and head into the hills. It was an inevitable part of either going to see friends or picking up my father from the school. My mother turned the drive into a game. While I would keep my eyes closed, she would hold my attention as we passed through the site where the slide occurred. She'd tell jokes and, making me laugh, try to get me to count the bunnies and the deer. Unfortunately, she could never mask the smell. Nor could she take away that twist in my gut or the tremble in my little body. I have to believe because of my distress, my mother discontinued the drive. Instead, my father began to go on his own. One night, he returned home scared and shaking. He sat down at our kitchen table and wiped his brow. You'll never guess what happened to me, he said. His eyes were round. His skin was pale from fright. My mom sat across from him. What? Why are you late? She was concerned, but more upset at the time when he arrived home. I have to believe she was worried as well since it had been so late. A man, my father said, hitchhiker. 
After my father's last class, he left the school to come home. As he came to the bend in the road, he saw a man walking down the sidewalk, thumb extended, looking for a ride. He wore an orange and blue down vest, a long-sleeved hand-colored shirt, and form-fitting jeans. His sandy, blonde, wavy hair hung down to his shoulders. My father stopped. The man approached, they had a small conversation, and my father proceeded to drive the man where he wanted to go, which was not far from our apartment. When he turned the corner onto the road the man requested, my father shifted in his seat to ask the man what the address was again, and there was no one there. My father stopped the car, not fully able to grasp what happened. My mother laughed it off, told my father he had a wild imagination. Later that night, I heard them talking after I'd gone to bed. My mother scolded my father for scaring me more than I already was. He again assured her it happened, and she had to believe him. She never did. I think deep down, I never did either. Over the years, the story has been repeated. A man walking along Workman Mill Road, looking to go home. People pick him up, and before they arrive at his destination, the man disappeared. Then, it was never spoken of again, nor the mudslide. As I grew older, the sense of being crowded while on the road disappeared, though the unnatural quiet persisted along with the horrible smell. On one particular night, I was driving home from Rio Hondo Community College, the same school my father attended, and saw a man walking down the road. Like my father said all those years ago, his thumb was extended, looking for a ride. I studied him as I waited for the light to change. He wore the same orange and blue down vest, a long-sleeved tan-colored shirt, and form-fitted jeans. His sandy blonde wavy hair hung down to his shoulders. He wasn't particularly remarkable looking, though his clothes didn't fit the time period. It was then I took it upon myself to do something stupid. If the car that stopped for him didn't pick him up, I would. I gripped the steering wheel tighter. My heart pounded. Nervous energy nodded in my stomach. I couldn't be the only one who saw him. Couldn't be the only one who thought it was weird seeing this man who just appeared out of nowhere, or the fact the bus stop was just there, 20 feet in front of us. The light changed, and the car that stopped for him pulled away without him. This was dangerous. I could be picking up a mass murderer. I could wind up dead in a ditch. My hand shook as I reached for the button to roll down the window. Need a lift? The man didn't say a word. He opened the door and got in. Where are you headed? My breath came in soft pants. I trembled in my seat. Comstark and Mar Vista. He doesn't look at me. The apartments. They were gone. Had been for years. Habitat for Humanity came in, knocked them down and built single-family homes. Sure. I pulled away from the curb back into the traffic. Nice night. There were so many questions I wanted to ask. So many things I wanted to say. 
cut my eyes to the side. There he sat, unmoving, unseeing. I wondered what happened to him, how he died. I wondered how many times he'd been picked up, how many times he hadn't made it home. I thought about all those people who picked up this unsuspecting stranger only to have him disappear before they arrived at his destination. As I drove through town to his destination, the streetlights illuminated my car. I don't know what I expected, having this ghost sitting in my car, but it was normal. As we came to a stop, I knew my time with this grifter was coming to an end. I turned the corner, knowing the time would come when he'd disappear. Yet, there he sat. He didn't vanish. He stayed. I came to a stop where the apartments used to be. The circle is complete, he said. Your father says hello and he's proud of you. Before I could respond, he was gone. I sat there for a moment, staring at nothing. My father was here too. My heart cracked. Six months ago, my father passed away. He had a massive heart attack at work. Before my mother or I could arrive at the hospital, he died. I drove the rest of the way home in stunned silence. I spent my life believing what my father said was just a ghost story. Now, I know the truth. Hi, I'm Jamie Markey. <laughs> and I am Michael Tatum. And this is Ghoul Intentions. But you probably knew that already. That's true. I mean, you clicked onto it. I don't, I mean, we say it because it's nice to say the name, but it's like, who needs this information at this point? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Shout out, mad thanks to T.L. Reeve, who provided that cold open. She is Ooh, an author. It is so based good. on a true story. She's mm. embellished it at parts because she is a, a writer. That's what writers do. If you like romance, check out T.L. Who doesn't Reeve. like romance? She's fantastic. She has a quadrillion books available. <laughs> so I just want to give her a little shot. As growing up gay in the mm -hmm. South, the covers of my mother's Harlequin romance novels mm. meant the world to me. I know. Same, but not gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get that. Oh. Uh, what is today's title? Um, today's title is A Ghoulish Remembered Scene, mm. um, which comes from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, uh, his story, The Lurking Fear. And I'll just read you the extended quote. Why not? Oh, yes, do it. Shrieking, slithering, torrential shadows of red viscous madness chasing one another through endless, ensanguinated condors. Con condors? Condors of purple, <laughs> fulgurous <laughs> HP. This is very, <laughs> this sounds very Lovecraft. I, you know what? I do, yeah, I love, I love Lovecraft. I don't always like his writing style. He's very purple prosy. Um, formless phantasms and kaleidoscopic mutations of a ghoulish remembered scene. There it is. 
<laughs> forests of monstrous, overnourished oaks with serpent roots twisting and sucking unnameable juices from an earth verminous with millions of cannibal devils, mound-like tentacles groping from underworld nuclei of um, polypus perversion, insane <laughs> lightning over malignant ivied walls and demon arcades choked with fungus, fungus vegetation. <laughs> Three out of ten would not visit again. <laughs> Um, I feel like we can take like 47 titles from that quote. I mean, there we go. This is the rest What's of our- What's the title? Uh, the t- who remembers? Um, a ghoulish remembered scene. Okay. It's from the lurking fear, which should have been like the lurking comma five other adjectives fear. Yeah. Um, That's a great title for today's a, episode, it's a, though. It's a good title. We are doing really... remembered scenes. We're doing another- Well, we had so much fun last week with the nurse <laughs> stories. Oh, hopefully this time my dad won't you call 911. <laughs> This is what I'm going to do, just to see Uh, if we have any spirits with us. What are you doing? I'm going to use my stupid phone app. Oh, the the one that like that will come up with words. words. Yeah, and we'll see what it says. Should I turn it on? Should the volume be on? Just yeah. So occasionally we're interrupted by stuff, and and we can freak out about it. That's a good idea. And then at the end, we can read through all the words. These apps are such bullshit, but but it'll be fun. Sometimes they're fun. Um, This is the one that gave me like cemetery. Ghosts, right, right, all right, haunted, right. you know, mm-hmm, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Um, lots of cemetery words. And I was like, all right, what the fuck ever. It's the first I use time it, ever it just gives it. me an ad for, a, you know, a mattress. Yeah. But then it gave me my aunt's name and my mom. That's just proof that the phones are listening to us. That's true. Also, <laughs> also my mom was at, at her um, a funeral that day while I was doing it. Ooh. So I was like, eh, it's probably crap, but I'm going to go ahead and turn it off. I mean, So we'll turn it on. And see if the spirits are here. I'll talk through either the microphones and then you make it sure it's loud enough for Matt to hear you, or through this, however it works. So, however it works, <laughs> it's just how, it picks it's up the words. spirit of the show, however right. it works. Whatever the fuck. Let's just see what happens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that the next few episodes should be called, like, here's a night uh, Shrieking, Slithering, Torrential Shadows. Okay. Red Viscous Madness. Okay. Uh, formless Phantasms and Kaleidoscopic Mutations. Okay. <laughs> Overnourished Oaks. I just like that phrase. Uh, <laughs> mound-like suit. tentacles. It said suit. <laughs> S-U-I-T. I see. It agrees with me that these titles suit our show. <gasps> it does. Malignant <laughs> ivied walls. Demon arcades. That's good. And uh, fungus vegetation. Nice. I think my phone's on silent. Oh, it is. Otherwise, it'll say it in a robotic Scrabble voice. Scrabble with HP Lovecraft was a pain in the ass. Probably. All right. Am I starting us off? You are, the, but I want to say how this, how I, how I think that it, apparently it listens to background noises and then mm-hmm. says what it thinks is being said, and then makes Amazon recommendations. Right, and then you can buy the books based on this words. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you go first. Okay. Uh, this is uh, the title of this story. Uh, oh, I should, I should, we, we should talk about where oh, these yeah. come from, right? So, uh, so we've collected these stories uh, from that have already been collected. That have already, well, yeah. These we have recollected <laughs> <laughs> these stories. But, uh, so there is a, a a writer named Amanda Sedlak Hevener. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's S E D L A K hyphen H E V E N E R with right. uh, Ranker dot com. The graveyard, uh, the graveyard shift. shift. It's so good if you guys haven't looked at. You can be I, yeah, lost in there for hours. Oh my god, it's a great way to go to sleep. Like like before Just, going to sleep. Yeah. Not that it will put you to sleep, but it's like oh, if you need to stay up, read these stories. Um, 
Uh, Amanda collected these stories from the internet and published them in a few separate articles, and we're going to creep ourselves the fuck out yeah. uh, by like, reading them out loud now. And she has like 212 That's separate so cool. articles and lists and stuff on we there. So. get her on those shows on time. I know. There's a bunch of different people, though, that write, so. That's really awesome. Okay, so we're going to okay. start with one called Tagged. What? Occur. <laughs> no, Tagged from the <laughs> other side. Lucy. If you're gonna interrupt, <laughs> that's what that's what you wanted it to be heard. Okay. Okay. A few years ago, a group of friends and I learned about an abandoned local cemetery. Uh, we go during the day to check it out. There are about thirty or so gravestones, ranging from eighty years old all the way down to a five-year-old girl. Uh, the newest grave is at least 70 years old. Living in a young town, I realized many suburbs bear the names of these graves, gravestones. We decided to return later uh, on that night and play hide-and-seek. When we arrive after dark, my perception of the area totally changes. What was scenic and sort of sad earlier now feels scary. Shit, you think? Yeah. All the graves are partially hidden by long grass and large dead trees surround the area. We uh, pick someone to be it and proceed to hide. I don't hide particularly. Oh God, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy. Um. Hey, if the person who's it in this story is Timothy, let us know. Um. Uh, uh, uh. I don't hide particularly well, but I remain unfound for some time. So I lie near a fence in the long grass, playing on my phone. After about ten minutes, I hear some grass around me move. This is Australia, so there's a chance it is, who am I kidding, it definitely is something that could kill me. So I move into a more defendable position, yet stay hidden. The new position puts me, uh, puts my back to a gravestone on the other side where my body lays. Another few minutes pass. As the wind picks up and the temperature drops by a few degrees, I swear to God, I feel someone touch my shoulder. <gasps> the voice of a five-year-old girl whispers right next to my ear, You're it. Ah! It's fucking terrifying. No! Needless to say, <laughs> it's like, well, first of all, yeah, the girl is like, you know, you're like, yeah, I know, I'm in. Anyway, <laughs> needless to say, I freak and scream like a girl, which also freaks my friends out. No, after... you're it. <laughs> no, you're it. No, <laughs> tell me what I am. No one asked you to play. After a brief explanation of what happened, we quickly relocate to the entrance of the area to make sure everyone got out. Detail. The gate is downhill of the grave, so looking up, they're silhouetted. Uh, silhouetted. 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 <laughs> silhouetted. Try spelling. Just spell the word silhouette for me real quick to see if you can do it without looking. It's uh, the hardest fucking word in the world for me to spell. S-I-L-O-U. Nope. S-I-L-O-H. Nope. 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 Where's that H go? That's always the... It's, I can't do it in my brain either. <laughs> it's it's I hard. I have to write stuff. S-I-L-H-O-U-E-T-T-E-D. Yeah. It's the H-O-U. It's in there somewhere. It looks like it should be pronounced I want it to silhouetted. Be, I want it to be silhouette, but it's silhouette. 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 It's like wetness day. When we confirm everyone is there at the gate, one of the other guys grabs my arm and points up to the hill. And I kid you not, we see the outline of a little girl <laughs> in 20s-style kids' clothing skipping around the headstones. Being fastest. Oh, I've, God. Clean. <laughs> he likes the story. It's clean. Best as I've ever run in my life. Ooh, that's good. That's good. This is gonna. My nerves are gonna be shot by the end of this because I get into the story and I then it this. shouts. I'm gonna at just. Me. I'm gonna hold this over here then, so it's next to my my. Feeling. Ah, what does it say? Feeling. That's. I have feelings, guys. Do you have feelings? Okay. This one's titled, and this is a couple short ones. So, my imaginary friend. Like a lot of kids, I had an imaginary friend until I was about nine or ten. 
While I don't remember playing with him, I do vaguely recall going to see a psychiatrist about him. I described him as looking like me, red hair, glasses, and having the same birthday as I do. And I called him G because he was my because my first name started with a G, according to my mother. Oh. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah, As up. I grew up, G faded <laughs> don't away. Like, don't Fast like. forward to my 20th birthday, I come home from college for a dinner with my parents and younger siblings. Tobacco. <laughs> Tobacco. Sure. Uh, we joke around about our childhoods when my sister mentions G. My dad gets quiet and my mom goes pale. She demands we drop the subject. The next day after my siblings leave, my parents sit me down and explain that I had a twin brother who died when we were about a year old. He had a congenital heart problem and passed away during the surgery. They elected not to tell me, although they couldn't really explain why. My mom kept... kept the letters G and I wrote to each other. Wait, oh, mom. my mom kept the letters G and I wrote to each other, mostly scribbles, and oh. all the pictures I drew of him and I playing. She thinks I was with my brother. And they want to hear that story again? <laughs> Repeat is what it said. Well, it is about twins. It's also the same story that you have almost. Almost, yeah. yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. That's why it's I in I don't there. like that. I feel yeah. like someone stole my story. <laughs> Mark. Uh, this one's titled, and it's another short one, Nightmare. My father grew up in a haunted house, creaking floors when no one was there, doors closing by themselves with no impetus. And weirdest of all, my father's sister, my aunt, was strongly plagued with nightmares once they moved to the house. And she was only about five at the time. Mm. She would scream in her sleep and wouldn't wake up whenever she was having one of her screaming fits. Her parents tried to wake her up much, uh, much of the time with ill success. Need. Need to wake up. <laughs> uh, when she would finally wake up, she would start crying and say, the man was getting closer to my bed again. She was descri uh, she described the man as having only half a face because part oh. of his head was missing. My father's mother it's felt... It's the ghost of Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> My father's mother felt disturbed by this as her child was only five at the time. And so she could have gotten these images. She could not probably have gotten these images from any sort of media. And this was long ago. Easter. Easter is coming up. Oh my gosh, it is Ash Wednesday. <laughs> We're recording on Ash Wednesday. Interesting. Oh, that's right. So there's one coincidence. Well, uh, that's, uh, I uh. mean... You know, your phone knows what day it is. It's true. It does. Fast forward to a few months later, the nightmares get worse. At this point, her parents attempted therapy, which results in no change whatsoever, but they're getting desperate. A little time later, her mother vacuumed a room, and while doing so, heard some larger objects get lodged in with the vacuum. <sighs> she opened the vacuum cleaner bag to see what the objects were. What? Turns out that the vacuum cleaner sucked up. Human teeth. Oh, a few calls. Oh, God. A few calls later, they discovered the previous owner of the house shot himself in that very room. I guess they weren't very thorough with the cleaning. Needless to say, they moved out as quickly as they could after that. My aunt never experienced nightmares to that extent again. That story had teeth. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, oh, literally. Oh, <laughs> God. That was good. Uh, that was really good. Say. Freezer. 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 Say freezer. 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 There. You have we to. did it. Um, Say freezer. <laughs> All right. This one's it is in cold in here. 
And it's cold. But that has nothing um, to do with the spirits. It's just cold outside and we don't have the heat yeah, on up here. Yeah, it got really, it was really nice for a day. It was. And then it went right back into cold. It was like, God damn it. Andy. Texas, we don't have seasons. We just have constant transitions. Yeah. It's like a, it's, we have a tilt-a-whirl of seasons. <laughs> Drunk. That I felt. Now bad. you're right. Now you're getting um, there. <laughs> this story is entitled "Afraid of the Room." Ooh. Starting from about age five, I've always been afraid of my bedroom. I especially feared the fireplace in the corner. Your bedroom had a fireplace. I know. Sorry. Um, which was covered in a black metal grate that seemed to disappear when the lights went out. In the dark, I saw people come out of the <gasps> opening. Oh no! Though they never looked at me, I think they knew I was there. One figure always came slinking out of the fireplace, a young woman. My family uh, has always been skeptical when it comes to theism, paranormal, etc., so they decided it was just me being a scared kid with an overactive imagination, and the, quote, dreams would go away. Eventually, every night, I became so terrified to go to sleep, I fought them, kicking and screaming while saying I didn't want to go to sleep and refused to go until threatened by my parents. I finally convinced them to paint over the metal grate of the fireplace, and to this day, it is painted bright white. I continued to be terrified of the room, and eventually, at 14 years old, started sleeping on the floor because the nightmares wouldn't stop, despite mm. therapy and medication. Hold on. I don't think I ever would be like, I'm going to sleep on the floor instead of the bed. Because I think that's... they must mean, I think this person means that they slept on the floor of, like, another room. Oh, okay. Perhaps. That makes more sense. Because the floor of that room just seems more dangerous. Right? That's how you get sucked under the bed. They add a little parenthesis here. I was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder at age 12 because of hallucinating that same woman. Red hair, petite, lots of makeup, dark eyeshadow, and bruises all over her face. So swollen, it was hard to see her eyes. Last week, the story continues, my mom finally told me something she avoided telling me for years. Smell. <clears throat> Smell. While I was still a kid, the fighting over bedtime got so bad that a neighbor heard the screaming. Uh, we live in NYC, so she was across the wall. She was about 70 years old and had lived in her apartment long before we moved in and was worried by the screaming because of previous events that took place here. Apparently, a drug dealer lived in our house before we moved in and committed a murder inside the house, in my room. He beat her to death and stuffed the body in the fireplace. Yep, that's how it works. Oh, what God. Happens. I have another short one here. Shall sure. I read the short yeah. one? This one's, this one's fuck a basement. Yay. <laughs> I'm doing laundry in my ex's old Civil War era home, which at one point was used as a makeshift hospital to house the fatally wounded, the basement acting as a morgue. <laughs> the basement always creeped me out, turning the hairs up on my body and sending my heart racing every time. I'm not easily scared, so for me to feel this was unusual. So as I'm quietly doing my laundry, I hear the door shut behind me. I think nothing of it, brushing it off as a draft. As I go to grab the doorknob, it refuses to budge, as if someone is holding it on the other side. Oh, that's not nice. I throw all my weight against the door, and it still won't budge. I start banging and screaming in hopes that someone will hear me. In the midst of that noise, the dryer shoots open, all my laundry spills out on the floor, and, uh, and even hits the wall across from the dryer. Not exactly a manufacturing malfunction. So I'm almost, what? Relate. Comfort. 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 <laughs> You're comforted by that? Um, so I'm almost Maybe shitting my- Maybe they can relate to it. Maybe. So they're- Relatable. Having your- it's I had weird shit happen with my dryer. It makes you, you feel better when you can relate to something. 
You remember that when I was I had shit wrong with my dryer, like haunted shit. Oh yeah, man, I do not need that right now. I have a very specific. The dryer still worked. I'm just fine. Weird things in there that didn't belong in there, like like a fucking tree branch. Um, another story for another time. So anyway, yeah, think. So I'm almost shitting my pants, eyes welling with tears, and I feel a fear I have never felt before. Not being able to see anything, but to be able to feel it is the most terrifying feeling. Feelings. I feel something in the room with me. That was you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel something in the room with me. Long story short, the door opens. After about 20 minutes of me sobbing on the floor, all too casually, it slowly creaks open, and I dash out, never to do laundry in that house again. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I wouldn't either. Uh, What did that say? Poison. Poison. Yikes. Or or was it poisson? (laughs) Poisson. Uh, Horse braids. My family owns a large farm in South America. It has been in our family for many generations, and the main house is about 150 years old, massive, and typical of colonial times, located in a rural town. Our neighbors are also family, and our distant neighbors descend from the original laborers on the farm. Anyway, many legends surround our farm, ranging from hidden treasures to relatives long dead, haunting the avocado orchards. My mother even claims to have seen dwarves in the surrounding mountains as a child. Said mountains, it turns out, host a number of ghost towns I used to play in as a child. The place is pretty creepy, and up until recently, only limited electricity reached the house. So... Mm. It got dark and quiet quickly. None of this scares me too much, but a heavy feeling always hangs in the air. Regardless of the various legends surrounding our farm, there is one event that happened to me I can't explain and freaks me out to this day. Always. Always. Like they said, can't explain, freaks me out. Always wore. Always wore what? Always wore what, EVP? Always wore what? When I am 11 or so, (laughs) I head out to the stables after seeing a large group gathered there. Inside, past the commotion, I find all the horses have their manes and tails braided in dozens, if not hundreds, of tiny braids. We owned multiple horses, and these seriously tiny braids would require hours and many Always wore carpet. All right. (laughs) Well, horse hair is pretty coarse. Oh. One of the workers in the stable starts shouting about how this is a warning from the duendes, elves, who live in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The workers spend hours of the day trying to unbraid the horses but barely get through 10% of them. The very next morning, he needed some girls out there. Answer. Answer. That is the answer. If they had had (laughs) 10 10-year-old girls, those braids would have been out like that. Uh, <laughs> the very next morning, all of the horses are unbraided and appear as though nothing had happened. With no explanation given other than elvish warnings, my 11 year old self walks away from this incident rather disturbed. Oh. I love when the wee folk, the good neighbors, get involved. Yeah. Ah, oh, this one is called What Steps. I was going to mention. Deborah, did you ever use mane and tail on your hair as a kid? Oh, yeah, back I in did. the. It's supposed to be really good for you. Donald. Donald? Donald. Like Donald without the D. So like Donnell? It's like Donnell without the extra L. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Donald. Donald. D-O-N-A-L. I did. I hope people are listening to this and going, that's 
that like and having maybe it applies to people it applies to them i want it to if these <laughs> words like, apply to it. you guys stop it just let, let us, us know, know. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for you send in your scary stories that based, we created for you based upon our um, my stupid EDP we're, just, we're giving you it's like a it's like a ghost workshop we're we're giving you all the materials <laughs> you have the experience um this is called footsteps <clears throat> I'll try to keep it short, but this is by far the scariest thing I have ever experienced. Okay, my girlfriend and I are on a trip uh, to Italy for the summer. We rent a beautiful old house on the side of a mountain, way out in the country, with a gorgeous view over a valley. Mm, Ooh, jealous. For the whole summer? For the, it looks like it, yeah. Stop. The owner tells us during his little tour that the house dates back to before the First Valeria. World War. Valeria. South Carolina. That's <laughs> specific. Valeria, South Carolina. Valeria, oh. Yeah. Um, the owner tells us during uh, let's back a little bit. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, no. The owner tells us during his little tour that the house dates back to before the First World War, so it is very old. We settle in and spend the day in the tiny swimming pool and eating delicious uh, uh, gelato on the porch. Mm. Anyway, when we go to bed that night, we hear a weird sound from downstairs. Kind of sounded like a chair being pulled across the floor. Mm. As the only ones in the house. Peaceful. <laughs> or not peaceful. <laughs> like the, the idea um, this is like, oh, a chair dragging, that's peaceful. <laughs> I think Your this, phone has very weird, idea, weird it, ideas. Of it feels like it could be fucking worse is what they're trying to say. They're like, it's fine. It's just a chair. Um, as the only ones in the house, we found it creepy, but we didn't think much of it. But the next night, the weird sounds begin again. This time, it's as if someone is playing with a ping pong ball, throwing it against the wall. Hiding. <laughs> Throwing it against a wall and catching it after it hits the ground. It happens over and over right until the second we go downstairs. Then dead silence again. There's also this cruddy staircase made out of flimsy metal, probably an addition from when they added the second floor, but this thing made noise when you walked on it. Of course, the following night, when lying in bed, we both hear loud footsteps on those stairs. They come very slowly, but heavily, further and further up the stairs, but as soon as we open the door, they cease. I stay up all night waiting for my girlfriend to fall asleep after that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure. So how kind. How kind of you. Queen. <laughs> because she's a queen. <laughs> I'm sure your girlfriend's probably stayed up all night waiting for you to fall asleep. Um, by now, we do not feel very comfortable in the house. We are renting. Oh, hey, comfortable. Um, by now, oh. we do not feel very comfortable in the house. We are renting it for a week, so we are reluctant to oh, leave. Oh, it's just a week, just not a, week. a whole okay. So we are reluctant to leave, and during the day, it looks so beautiful. The next night, while reading in bed, an hour after my girlfriend fell asleep, the sound starts again. Slow, but heavy footsteps coming up the metal staircase. I listen. Letter. With... Letter. Letter. No. I listen, and with every step up the stairs, I sweat more and more. My whole body rushed with adrenaline. Suddenly, the steps become much faster, like someone is running up the stairs, and then it stops, leaving me totally drenched in sweat for no more than 30 seconds. I've never been as scared as I was that night. Haunted house, zero out of 10, would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go there. Oh, fuck yeah. Also, let's I'll just rent a, a house in Italy. Why not? On a no. mountainside with yes, looking please. a valley, please, and thank you. Sleeping bag. Oh, these are, this one's short. A couple short ones, okay. Yeah, read a couple. I remember a time my family spent... Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's what it says. I remember a time my family spent time at my grandparents' house. My grandpa built the entire house from scratch, even the basement, though it was unfinished, cheap carpets covering a dirt, dirt floor. <laughs> dirt floor. Dirk, dirt floor. Dirk, dirt floor. 
There were two bedrooms on the right side of the room and an open space for watching television or simply lounging. It was a pretty plain room with a concrete block walls and plain wooden doors. There was notice. A- notice. Notice me. Uh, it was a pretty plain. Oh, read that. There was a significant gap from the bottom of the door and the floor, at least three inch height difference. Though I am unsure because as a child, I thought it was huge since we could fit a leg or two under. What was that? That was my ding from my phone. <sighs> <laughs> because the sound is on, so we can hear EVP. <laughs> For the you're, record, you're just fire. That's fire. right. I'm you're, on fire right now. You're just too popular. I have <laughs> muted my computer, just for the record. Girls. Okay. Fire um, girls. Fire girls. Uh, a significant gap from the bottom of the thought it could fit my legs. Okay. My family and I are staying in one of the bedrooms for the night. I mean, that's kind of shitty. I'm just going to say. Like, you're staying in the basement with no fucking floor. I mean. It's dirt. It's a dirt floor with a shitty carpet on it. They're roughing it. They're roughing it. They're just like, it's bringing them closer. I don't know. In a haunted space, apparently. My family and I are staying in one of the bedrooms for the night, all in sleeping bags, except my mother, who is sleeping on the only mattress in the room. I wake up in the middle of the night, feeling someone tugging at my sleeping bag as if I was heavier than they thought. Thinking it's my sister playing a prank, I tell her to stop. My family wakes up to see me dragged from one side of the room towards the other. Nope. I fully, I'm fully awake and jump out of my sleeping bag only to watch it quickly be taken under the door to the other room. Put. Put. (laughs) I can't sleep alone and sleep next to my sister. The next morning, I find the sleeping bag on the opposite side of the room, tossed aside. That's what dirt floor basement. Uh, fuck no, a, fuck a basement. Fuck a dirt floor. Yeah, get. Let's go get a hotel. Shit. <laughs> the man upstairs. Nope, oh, fucking upstairs. During my senior year of high school, my parents finally separated, <laughs> and my mom and I ended up moving into the vacant side of the duplex my boyfriend lived in. That sounds like trouble. He had told me plenty of stories before about the how, how the place was haunted, but I was skeptical and never really believed him. Carol. Carol. <laughs> I never really believed him, Carol. <laughs> it's Carol with a Y, C-A-R-Y-L, and um, then Lou. I don't know. Carol Lou. Carol and Lou, or Carol Lou. Uh, da, 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 da. He had told me plenty of stories before haunted. I didn't believe him. Skeptic. Okay. My mom had taken up a sec- second job to make ends meet, and for that second job, she wouldn't get home until around 10 p.m. on Thursday nights. One Thursday night, around 9, I was winding down for the night. I turned off the television and all the lights downstairs and started heading upstairs to read for a little while, since I still wasn't tired enough to go to bed. I was walking up the stairs behind my dog, and the way the house is set up, the stairs go up to a landing where they make a U-turn, and then you go up some more stairs to the second floor. Gas. That's where that girl fire is coming from. Um, Fire girls. And then, uh, uh, that's how my stairs are. There's, it goes up a little mm-hmm. bit. There's a landing, and it goes the rest of the way. Yeah, we'll switch back. Yes, right. It keeps the stairs from being super fucking steep. Um, <laughs> at the top of the stairs, there's a window that had just enough light coming through the blinds to be able to see. I'm going through these sta- up these stairs behind my dog, and when we get to the second set of stairs that go to the second floor, my dog stops and gives, gives her tail a little wag like there's someone there. What happens next goes by in a matter of seconds. I look up to see what she's looking at. In the light of the window, I see a figure of a person. Crucifix. Crucifix. <laughs> now they're just saying shit to scare us. I say it loud, thinking it's my mom. Oh, I didn't know you were home already. 
I suddenly realize it can't be my mom because she would have had to walk past me to get upstairs. As this is occurring to me, the dark figure appears to rush toward me. Ah! And as it gets closer, it takes on a more masculine form. And then it's gone. I freaking bolt the rest of the way up the steps, locked myself and my dog in my room with all of the lights on until my mom got home. Shortly after that, the boyfriend, his oldest brother, and I started doing a little ghost hunting and got some might and got some (laughs) creepy EVPs. One I will never forget was from a small old rural graveyard where we heard a voice very clearly say, kill me, let me die. But you're in a cemetery. I don't know. Who let you in? (laughs) (laughs) Knock, knock, knock. Oh, wait, it went all the way. Oh, no. Back to the top. Hang on. Oh, I touched the top of it. Sorry. Dead. We're using an iPad and sorting it back and forth. Sorry. Okay. My what printer was the last one? Horse braids, footsteps, work. sleeping bag, the man upstairs. And now okay. we go to the one called the hands. The hands. The hands. Four los years manos. ago. <laughs> <laughs> Lavatos los manos. Um, <laughs> I think that just means wash your hands. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Uh, four years ago, the hands, four years ago, my friend and I decided that we wanted to do a weekend out of town for her birthday. So the two of us and her mom decided to go to Jefferson, Texas. Ooh. Her mom's friend was going with us, but she couldn't get a babysitter. Uh, well, after going around and looking at the historic town all day, we got back to our hotel, the Jefferson Hotel. It was pretty late at this point, probably 1 a.m. There were two queens. Silly. Silly. Who's out at who's what's there to do in Jefferson at 1 a.m.? That is silly. Uh, investigating. Oh. That's well, what there is to fair. do. Thank you for answering. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Appropriate Ev. to the podcast. There were two queen-sized beds in the room. My friend and I took the one by the window, and her mom took the one by the door. After lying in bed for a while, I feel something touching the tops of my feet and lower legs. I joke with my friend to stop touching my feet because I'm trying to go to sleep. She said. I'm not touching you. Go to bed. This whole time, I'm still feeling that something is touching me. Herb. Herb. Or herb, <laughs> or depending herb. upon. Um, so I say, no, for real. I can feel you touching my legs. She then kicks her arms and legs up to say, look, I'm not touching you. <laughs> I instantly freeze and could barely talk because whatever it was, was still touching my legs. No! Almost like running your hands down someone's legs no, from the foot like of the bed. Ew. Creepy, creepy ghost. What a creepy ghost. Um, it's time for that ghost to be me too'd. Yeah, right? <laughs> Time's up. Like, literally, you're fucking dead. Um, <laughs> it's literally up. Go away. Uh, she gets up, and I could still feel it, uh, until she gets around to the foot of the bed. She inspects and finds nothing that could have been doing it. Well, needless to say, I spent the whole night awake in the fetal position, cuddling her for dear life. The craziest part of the whole thing was that in the morning, my friend's mom called her friend that was supposed to come with us, uh, but but couldn't. She started off the conversation by asking what room we ended up staying in. Her mom said room 17. The lady responded, oh, well, my son and I stayed in that room when we were there before, but he won't stay in that room ever again because he felt something grabbing at his legs all night long. Ah! I almost pooped my pants. I have like three short, like two okay, short ones here. Sure, so yeah. From uh, uh, Gave You Base. <laughs> Or, or gave you bass. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. It may be a fisherman. Um, my young daughter said she made a new friend. Her mother and I are like, cool, hon, what's her name? It's Casey Fast. Jr. Fast. It's Casey Jr. So then we ask when we can when can we invite her over to play? Ring. My kid says we can't because she's dead. <laughs> Later Yikes. that night, after putting my daughter to bed, I hear laughter and talking coming from her room. 
I go to investigate. As I get to the door, I hear my daughter say, no, Casey, stop tickling me, amidst bouts of giggles. I walk into the room quickly, not knowing what to expect. There is just my daughter in the room, nothing else. Officially creeped out. Yeah. Uh, this little gem comes from Sapphire 1166. We had moved into our house about a week prior and was just, uh, and my just turned two daughter woke up at 3 a.m. screaming, go away, go away, go away. That was really good. Thank you. I felt <laughs> And and sobbing. They bought it. It said oh, bye. So um, <laughs> there was like bye, like bye, Felicia. <laughs> no, bye, um, like B U Y. Bye. Three a.m. Uh, the uh, screaming, go away, go away, go away, and uh, sobbing hysterically. We ran into her room to find her in that half sleep state and Fight. chalked it up. Fight. And chalked it up to a weird night terror and also being in a new bedroom. The next morning, we're eating breakfast at the table, and she says, "Mommy." Uh, Big guck in my room last night because she's two. I can't understand twenty five percent of what she uh, what she says. So I'm like a big girl. No, mommy. I run through the gamut of words she might be trying to say. Girl, listen. listen. <laughs> You're right. Girl, goat, cat, etc. South Dakota. South Dakota. Well, really... what it was North Carolina. The other one was right. Oh, yeah, North Carolina, or was it South Carolina? Yeah, no, North Carolina. Yeah. Um. Might have been South Carolina. Sorry. Sorry. Until I hit the word ghost. And she says, yes, mommy, big ghost in my room last night. Scary and mean. I about cracked my pants. We never <laughs> talked about ghosts in front of her ever before, nor had she seen any movies referring to them. Thankfully, we've lived in the house for a year now and no more recurrences of ghosts in her bedroom. Maybe she <sighs> told it to go away, so it went away. Oh, there's one more tiny little one. Let me just okay. read this tiny one. Sorry, okay. and then I'll give you the big one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I like the little, I like little ones. Jason. Oh. Uh, from Summerfield 85, my mom passed away on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I was home alone when the phone rang. When I picked it up, I distinctly heard my mom's England. voice saying, England. Infection. Infection. What? England infection. Does that mean we're going to get coronavirus? When I'm we go fucking to staying home. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly have something else I have to do that weekend. <laughs> Fuck that. God damn it, no. <laughs> that was very specific. That was, okay. That was, and really rapid. Oh, fuck. It doesn't usually move this fast, but also we're talking, so it could be picking up. And we just happen to be going to England, and there happens to be a fucking coronavirus outbreak. Also, there's a lot of infections that happened in England, so. That's true. Some really bad ones, too, that almost ended humanity. Right. Sorry. So many that the phone might know that and put it in there. <laughs> Sorry. Let me start this little story over okay. now that I'm discombobulated about <laughs> contracting coronavirus when we travel to Liverpool. My mom passed away on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I was home alone when the phone rang. When I picked up the phone, I distinctly heard my mom's voice saying, Hello? Hello? I said, Mom? Then it disconnected. Hello oh. was a nickname that my mom used for me. She was the only person who called me that, and it was very definitely her North, uh, North <laughs> New York accent. Her timbre, her voice. There were other phenomena in the two weeks following. Items related to my mom flew across the room twice. One of those a bracelet happened in front of two people. Okay, I will relinquish the pad. Okay, <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> this is from Dugans. Dugans. When my grandfather passed away, my mother and I just moved into our new, we, my mother and I just moved into our new home. Within a week of his passing, I had a dream that the phone rings and it's him on the other line. He says, hey, Heather, do you know who this is? I didn't know what to say because it sounded like him, but I knew in my dream that he had passed away. He just laughs and says, throat. I, throat. Okay. <laughs> he laughed and said throat. Throat. He just laughs and says, I don't have much time. Can I speak to your mom? And I say, of course, and runs into the room to give my mom the phone, but I dropped it and got disconnected. 
The next day, I tell my mom about it, and she gets a serious look and tells me that he called her in her dream. Tool. (laughs) And said, I don't have much time. I need you to turn off Heather's heater. She wakes up, goes into my room, and the heater is shooting flames out of it. Oh. The heater was an old plug-in one that was his, and I used it every night, pointing it at my bed when I went to sleep. Not sure if this is a glitch or glitch-worthy, but it's a sacred story from my family, and it gives me the chills the few times I tell people. (laughs) From American Root Paste. This sounds like shower. I thought it said sure. (laughs) Shower. Uh, the, the American root paste sounds like something that the EVP thing would say. Six or so years ago, oh, six years or so ago is actually what it says. <laughs> I guess I must. Thanks for clarifying. I... I, my brain was like, that's not how we want to say that. Okay. A customer came in with a Samsung A707, an old red flip phone. She looked oh, shaken God. up. I worked at AT AT&T at the time and was used to people being pissed off or upset. <laughs> Crowded. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the first thing, this I hope that doesn't mean that it's crowded in here. You know what I mean? Can I point something out to you that I've noticed? What? He's Look, got the laser pointer. It's gotten weaker. The, the battery might be dying. Yeah, but it was really bright a second ago, and then tsunami. it just flickers. It's a tsunami of, a tsunami. of ghosts Carpet. in this room. Carpet. Carpet. Oh, That's I was second time. This is. I was, what? You were putting... I was, I was aiming the, the ghost light at the carpet. That's the second it, time it said carpet. It's really into this carpet. I guess so. Thank you. I like it. It is a nice carpet. Thank okay, you, ghosts. Um, <laughs> we're back to the story <laughs> with the flip phone. AT&T, people were pissed off. Okay. First thing this gal told me was that I was going to think she was crazy. I worked at an inner city cell phone store where the strange and the odd often frequented. This woman did not strike me as unstable. In fact, she reminded me of my aunt. She told me that she worked in a funeral home, that this phone was her personal phone and she didn't use it all that often. She told me several days before that point she had received a call from a gentleman needing to use the funeral home's services. After the call, she went about the day business as usual. When she was leaving, she received a phone call on her cell. The name on the screen said Emily. This didn't seem strange to me. The lady continued telling me how she only had a few names saved in her address book. She didn't recall and she didn't recall an Emily being saved in it. For those who don't know, in order for a name to pop up in an incoming call, the name would have to be saved in the address book. This must have been written a while ago. This is when the woman really started to look disconcerted. She tossed the phone on the counter, which shook me out of my lulled state. She started getting a little loud and said that any person that calls her now, the phone number's caller ID says Emily. It said Gary. (laughs) It's not on board at the story. She said even numbers that weren't saved. I confirmed this by calling from my own cell phone and then from our store phone. Emily came up for both. I also checked the address book to make sure my coworkers weren't missing or weren't messing with me. Nope, just three numbers. Military. Military. None labeled Emily. Harley. Military Harley. Right, sure. <clears throat> I checked them the additional information to see if the name Emily was in any of them. Wally. That does sound like some guy that was in the military that drives a Harley. I'll give it to you. I, I feel like what, Wally. what if like these are like communicating to different listeners? Like I hope this, all these of are our listeners here. are having a personal experience right now. Me too. Like we are here for you. We're to, here for you. We're just, our psychic yeah. connection we're through just, the phone. Yeah. We're just Kathy the, uh, with an I K A T H I. It's a bunch of names now. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Okay. Kathy with an I. But the compliment is to my carpet. I'm owning that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So everybody's everybody's name comes up as Emily. Uh, I checked the additional information to see if the name Emily was in any of these numbers that were coming up. Nothing. I was a little perplexed, but I didn't then and still don't know much about the software, just that bugs could happen. Never on a basic phone like that, but that was the only thing I could think of. I told the lady of my thought process. She said something along the lines of, yeah, that makes sense. Why the name Emily? That was the name of the recently deceased. The man that called, the one I told you about, was calling for a person named Emily. Her saying this sent a tingle up my spine. It didn't and doesn't make any sense. Trying to think of something logical, I made sure to ask her whether the incoming call was on her cell. She said the call was for the funeral home and was made to the office phone there. I had a warranty phone sent to her and never heard anything more. Catch. There probably was a catch. (laughs) It's a cell phone company. Fine print. Um... I had this like, I had this really long, like 40 minute conversation with someone from AT&T because we had to get the modem switched because <laughs> of service and it's uh, yeah. oh, Mercury's in retrograde. So <laughs> um, <laughs> scared. No. Well, maybe anytime I find out that it's Mercury in retrograde, it's like, oh, oh shit. God, here we go. Um, but own, that's the second own. I, they were like, oh, we have this special deal. You can get a new phone for $150. And I was like, seriously they were like yeah because you've been a client for so long and i was like do i have to open up a new account no do i have to add a new phone onto my plan no 40 minutes later oh just so you know you'll have to add a new phone number to your plan it has to be a new phone number and i was like i knew it was too good to be true you didn't realize that i had my fingers crossed behind my back when i told you the original (laughs) anyway okay no takesies maxies i'm gonna do this one it's nice and long do it (laughs) grace car Grace, Grace, oh, I like that. Grace, Grace Car Sar. That's what it is. Great. What? <laughs> I have no control over anything that's happening right Ba-ding. now. Grace Car Sar. When I was 16, appliance. appliance. Oh. No. There's a lot of appliances here. When I was 16, my parents sent me away to a private boarding school for troubled teens. It was a life-changing experience for me, mostly because I was able to grow emotionally during my three years at the school. It was really what I needed to help better my life. I owe a lot of that to the staff at the school. They were so dedicated and caring. Two of them in particular really impacted my life, Tanya and Tim. Timothy's the first word that was said to us. That's right. Uh, <clears throat> Tanya and Tim were married. They were incredible people, kind and amazingly compassionate. They had both struggled in their past with some of the same issues as me, and it helped me put things in perspective in my life and see where I wanted to go. I was very connected to the two of them. Do tell. That's right. It says tell. <laughs> I graduated in 2009, and that next fall, when I was off at college, I got a phone call from one of the current students at the boarding school. She told me that Tanya was sick. She had been in remission for cancer during the end of my time at the school, but I thought she had gotten better. I thought she was going to make it, but she wasn't. The cancer had returned, and she had lost her will to fight. She was in her final days. That was why they wanted to get in touch with the former students. They wanted us to say our goodbyes. Mm. I called Tanya's phone right away. No answer, so I left a message, awkwardly just trying to tell her I wanted to say hello, but not trying to discuss the fact that she was dying. I hung up and got a text a few minutes later. It was a two-part text. Before I had an iPhone, and often texts that were too long would be sent in two parts. One. Uh, of two. Hi, Grace. It's Tim. Tanya is resting right now. She's not feeling well these days, but send her an email because I read them to her every day and she would love to hear from you. Two of two. She actually just... Ice cream. (laughs) Two of two. She actually just woke up. I told her you called and she was so excited. She sends you her love and she hopes you're doing well. 
<clears throat> Tanya never got to read my email because she passed away the next night. I spoke to Tim a few days later, and he was a mess. I saw him a few weeks later when he came to visit me at my college. He was visiting all the people that were close to Tanya, making his way around the country. He told me that before Tanya passed, she had said that she was going to become an angel and play tricks on all of her friends. <laughs> Tim laughed as he told me. He admitted that he had experienced a few things that made him feel as though she was still close by. It helped him cope with everything at the time. About a year later, it was Thanksgiving morning of 2010, and I was sleeping at my parents' house. I was awoken by the sound of a text. I rolled over and looked at my phone, and suddenly my heart skipped a beat, and I shot up in bed. There it was, right in front of me, part two of the text I had gotten almost a year before. She actually just woke up. I told her you called, and she was so excited. She sends you her love, and she hopes you're doing well. But the only difference was that I didn't recognize the number. It was a local area code, but I knew it wasn't Tanya's number because I still had her saved in my phone. I called Tim a little while later. I asked him if he knew who the number belonged to. After I read him the number, he was understandably confused. You see, it belonged to a man named Joe. Joe was how Tim and Tanya originally met. He is a mentally and physically handicapped man that both Tim and Tanya spent time as a caretaker for. Joe is confined to a wheelchair, has a low IQ, and needs help to complete most of his daily tasks. And the number was his. But that didn't make much sense. Joe cannot send texts or receive texts with his phone. He has a phone that remains clipped to the side of his belt, and he has three numbers saved in speed dial, which are his caretakers and 911. Tim had to teach Joe how to press the right buttons to call the numbers in case of an emergency. There was no way that Joe could have texted me, let alone the exact text that I had gotten a year before. The phone doesn't send texts, and Joe cannot read or write. Since Tim was still a caretaker for Joe at that time, he checked on it for me. And the later that day told me that there was nothing on the phone to indicate that someone had texted me from it. Tim and I never figured out how I got that text from Joe's number. Maine. Maine. <laughs> <clears throat> not like M-A-I-N, but M-A-I-N-E, the state. There's a lot of states That's going on here. state, I think, right? Yeah. I I it's just random shit. It's just shouting random shit. Okay. I still don't have a logical explanation for the text I received that day. I was always okay with that, though, because it felt to me as if that text was Tanya's way of saying goodbye. Mm. That's a sweet one. That's a sweet one. All right. From the Halls of Terror. <laughs> Here's a story that I have not shared before because honestly, it creeps me out. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like the things it implies about the nature of the universe we inhabit, and it fills me with existential dread. It also happens to involve a friend's suicide, so it's not the easiest thing in the world to talk about, even without the paranormal stuff. About seven years ago, my friend nice. Dave... Noisy. Oh, about seven years ago, my <laughs> friend Dave blew his brains out with a shotgun. Hmm. Mm. Tragic though it was, it wasn't much of a shock for those of us who knew him. The dude had always uh, had some serious issues with depression, and he had threatened to end his life before, many times. Add to this the fact that he, uh, he had recently Noble. separated... Noble. Oh. Like the city, Noble. <laughs> oh. um, add to this the... God damn clam. It. <laughs> Noble. it does not want you to talk. Noble clam. Um, <laughs> add to this the fact that he had recently Crazy. separated from his wife. God damn it! Oh my god, that's a lot. <laughs> What did it say? Something and then cap. Grazy cap. cap. Add to this the fact that he had separated recently from his wife and had moved back in with his brother and was using meth again. And mm. yeah, the writing was pretty much on the wall. Coffee pot. Coffee pot. <laughs> no, meth. Like Chester coffee pot uh, from Goonies. Oh, God. Is that, no. Is that coffee pot? No. It was, what? It was... Uh, it's um, not cobble pot. 
that's the name of Oswald. That's the penguin. Anyway, about the, <laughs> this is a serious story about I'm suicide. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, levity is needed. Uh, about three weeks after his death, his widow, Jessica, who happens to be my best friend, came to see me. She was clearly upset. She shoves her cell phone into my hand and tells me that I need to hear this voicemail. She doesn't tell me anything else about it. So I listen. It was static. But underneath the static, there was a voice. It sounded like it was coming from far away and across a very bad connection. It was Dave's voice. I'd recognized his gruff baritone anywhere, and he was shouting my friend's name over and over again. Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Step. Step. Hearing his voice, knowing that he was almost a month in the ground, and the fact that he sounded so desperate and afraid made my blood run cold. I handed the phone back to Jessica and just kind of stared at her stupidly for a moment. I was Dave, I finally said, when I could speak. I know, she said. The voicemail had apparently just shown up in her voicemail inbox, with no record of a missed call and no phone number attached to it. We both listened to it again three or four times, just to be sure, but when Jessica went to show someone else a few days later... Watch. She was surprised to discover that it had spontaneously deleted itself. Anna? It was just gone. About a week or so after that, my ex-husband Ivan stopped by to drop off our son for a shared custody arrangement. He had been Dave's best friend since childhood. Gross. He had been Dave's best friend since childhood, so even though things were kind of tense between the two of us, I wanted to let him know how sorry I was and that he shouldn't blame himself for not being there. We talked about Dave for a few minutes, and I mentioned the strange voicemail that Jessica had gotten. Far from being shocked like I thought he would, he simply nodded knowingly. I got one too, he said. Same thing. Static, but his voice underneath that. Only he was screaming my name instead of Jessica's. And my phone actually showed that the voicemail and a few other missed calls came from Dave's cell phone. I never heard the phone ring, though. And this was all weeks after he died. I was pretty disturbed by this, so I began casting about for explanations. Honest. <laughs> Honest. Um, was it possible that Dave's phone was still functioning? No. It does not want you talking. It really doesn't. <laughs> You're like my dog. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak. Don't speak. Was it possible that Dave's phone was still functioning? Maybe his brother was carrying it around in the back of his pocket and butt-dialing it? Maybe the family hadn't taste. turned it off yet. Ivan... <laughs> taste. Butt-dialing. Taste. Butt-dialing. Taste. That's awkward. Um, Ivan rejected each proposed explanation since he had already investigated it himself. Apparently, Dave's family had terminated his phone since within a couple days of his death. It should have been impossible for that phone to make any calls. And while butt dialing might explain how a dead person's phone could make calls weeks after the owner's death, it doesn't really explain those voicemails. I asked Ivan if I could listen to the voicemail on his phone, but he shook his head. It's gone, he said. It just disappeared a few days after. So did the record of the missed calls from Dave's number. I went to show them to somebody, and they suddenly weren't there. It's been many years, but thinking about that voicemail still makes me break out in goosebumps. It was frightening to me for many reasons. For one thing, I don't think Careful. that my friend Dave... <laughs> Careful. For one thing, I don't like thinking that my friend Dave, who was so tormented in life, would continue to be so in death. State. State. I don't like how he sounded in that voicemail. He sounded terrified. I struggle with depression myself, and there have been times in the years since when I found myself staring over a literal or proverbial ledge contemplating ending it all. But always, the memory of that voicemail and of Dave's voice will come to me. And I talk myself down because wherever Dave was calling from, I don't want to end up there. Ugh. Well, thank you for that. Jesus yeah, Christ. man. I mean, suicide's a terrible idea anyway. Yeah, that's even, true. Even if there's not an afterworld where you'll 
make calls. Well, and it makes you wonder too if it was those calls were for her to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, to keep her from maybe, maybe that kind of thing. Maybe. Uh, this is from. Ugh, I, w- I don't I, like it. I want to believe. Underscore. Okay. <clears throat> oh, good. Another suicide. Um, <laughs> my best friend took his life in 2013. Uh, I started getting signs from him all the time. His favorite songs on the radio, obscure songs that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't be played normally, things in the house, etc. He used to put pennies on his heads. What? Oh, pennies on heads. That makes more sense. In the corners of his room, as a silly good luck thing. Mm. I started finding pennies on the he- in the on heads in the corners of my room. We get it. Okay. I had a really hard time with his passing and went to a therapist who referred me to a medium. Awesome. I would like to point out that that fucking application has not interrupted you once. (laughs) I know. It likes me best, I guess. God damn it. Um, Sorry. Yeah, it's so no, I, I am. I had I'm sorry. Uh, that's fair. Uh, I also interrupt myself. <laughs> I'm just gonna say random words now. <laughs> Walking. Um, <laughs> so I think it's cool though that a therapist would re- recommend a medium. I like that. Hmm. He said my friend had come through to speak to me. I knew it was my friend suggest. coming. Suggest. Yeah. I knew it was my friend coming through because the medium told me things about him that no one could know or research, including very private things about he was found, how he was found, etc. He told me that he loved me and would be around for me and help me with my struggles. The medium told me that he plays songs on the radio for me, which I'd noticed before I even went to the medium. The medium even said that my friend knows that I have noticed the things he does for me. I fully believe he is around i can feel him feelings this is brother this is from hugh would not believe i bet he does okay this is a personal story probably belongs in no sleep but maybe you'll find it scary i lived in an old farmhouse that was over 150 years old in the 1990s and at some point had been used as a headquarters for union troops in northern virginia lots of creepy things happen there but this is the shortest story i've got The house had a stone cellar divided into two rooms, and it always made me uncomfortable going down there to get anything from my parents. One day, I was asked to find some menial object that was in the cellar, and I knew it would be in the room with the boiler in it, the room that also had a dysfunctional light. Isn't that the way? (laughs) So I made my way into the basement, and lo and behold, the damn light wouldn't turn on. But the object I needed was within the frame of light, reaching into the blackness of the room through the doorway. So... I walked a few steps into the room, grabbed the object, and randomly glanced around. In the corner of the room was a dark shadow about six feet in height and an humanoid in shape. No worries, though. My dad kept his six-foot-tall John Wayne cut out in the basement, so that had to be it. I calmly turned to my left and nearly jumped out of my damn skin as I came face-to-face with John Wayne just inside the doorway (laughs) and leaning against the wall. I spun on my heels and stared into an empty corridor where the dark shadow had been only moments before and sprinted out of that cellar. I refused to go down to the basement for at least a month month after that happened. (laughs) (laughs) John Wayne. John Wayne. Oh, Mm. shit. John Wayne is here. All right. Let's see if you get interrupted. Of course I will. From Chili Flake. My significant other grew up in a house built in the 1880s. Uh, excuse me, in just the 1800s. All of his life, he had a hinky feeling about the coal cellar, a tiny little room off of the furnace room, 
When it came time to sell, our contractor friend asked if we wanted the, the slates pulled up in that room and a new cement floor poured. We said sure, and they pulled up the slates only to find a much newer concrete slab had been poured underneath. Hmm. My significant other completely backed out and had the slabs put back down. Some things are better left undisturbed, I guess. <laughs> Everyone who spent time in that house saw or heard things. It was mostly completely benign, like every time I passed his parents' room, I saw out of the corner of my eye two or three people in older dress standing around in that room. Then I heard another, then I heard another friend who had house set for us say the same thing. I even took down the drapes and re-raised the room, thinking it was a trick of light and shadow. Nothing helped. Same friend, staying alone there, said he was awakened by people shouting. Follow. Follow. I'm glad that it never happened to me. Probably the weirdest thing, uh, when my significant other was getting ready to sell the house, remodeling the kitchen, selling off the antiques, etc., he was standing near the fireplace with an antiques dealer, near stranger, and there was a largish carved wooden horse mounted above it. It had been there for 40 or 50 years. Suddenly, the horse jumps about three feet from the wall to land at their feet. It wasn't like the nail finally loosened and the horse fell down. It jumped away from the wall. Freaky. Yeah. Probably the most disturbing was when my father-in-law was pushed down the stairs. The basement was creepy enough. A warren of rooms ranging from the furnace room, the coal cellar, what must have been the wine cellar, etc. But, but that's where my father-in-law had his workshop set up. The stairs were steep and a bit treacherous. My significant other... Scream. My, yes, I get my that. My significant other and I were living elsewhere, as was my father-in-law, but he still used the workshop on occasion. As he claims, one night he was going down the stairs and felt a hand on his back push him down. Ugh. He broke his leg, which took, which took over six months to heal. Uh, I might discount this. I might uh, discount. I might discount this. I might discount this <laughs> if, if this was someone inclined to uh, to woo. But my, I don't know what that means. But my father-in-law was an atheist and a scientist. Or maybe to believe in ghosts. Ooh. Someone to incline to woo. <laughs> someone inclined to woo. Ooh. Here's a short one. I'll read a short one from an anonymous Reddit user. I worked at a library for a very long time, and in an, eff in an effort to lose my soul, I collected stuff <laughs> I found in books. <laughs> I get it. In an effort uh, to lose my soul, I collected shit. My Oklahoma! <laughs> Speaking of collecting shit. That's where I shit. lost my soul. You collected um, me. I'm the shit from Oklahoma. <laughs> I went to Oklahoma and lost my soul very promptly. That's true. Um, my favorite discovery was a hilarious postcard between two friends. I immediately thought, I'd like to meet these people. I kept it next to my computer for a few years. A few years pass. I'm going through my papers, and I find a postcard from my girlfriend that I don't recognize. It takes me a few minutes to understand that I'm reading the postcard I'd put aside years earlier between someone who was now my girlfriend and another person I'd come to know as a friend. It was probably the weirdest event in a series of events yeah, that defied... Uh, that divide probability regarding a ton of surreal linked events in our lives. Wait, so I don't understand. So he had found what? So he found a postcard in a book at the library, right. and then later, the like there was a note between two people, right, on mm -hmm. the postcard, mm -hmm. and so then became friends with those people, and mm. was looking through stuff, and it's like, what is this from? And uh, yeah, I see. That's quite, I see. That's quite the quinky dink. I've had. Not well. It's not even close to that similar. I just I remember buying a book at a used bookstore in another city. Like I want to say I was in. I think it was the Iliad bookstore in L.A. It was a really fabulous used bookstore, and I bought it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." And it was like a real obscure book, like uh, but it was on the paranormal. Mm -hmm. 
And I brought it home and there was a little half price books receipt in it. Someone had been using his bookmark that had been there like in, from like 1980 something or 1990-something, oh, wow. like a long time ago. And um, and it had been bought at the half price books off the Northwest Highway here in Dallas. What? And I was like, oh, well, it's found its way home. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. That is weird. Yeah. yeah. That is really it was weird. Fun. It was fun. Um, <clears throat> here's one that mom told me. Mom. This is from Fleety Two Wise. A while back, Mom and her family were gathered around her uncle in his home who had been terminally ill with cancer and wanted to die in his home. Anyway, being Catholic, he wanted to receive his last rites. His breathing pattern was extremely odd until the, uh, the priest arrived and gave him his rites. He died about 15 seconds after the priest had finished. But here's the weird part. After roughly 30 seconds of being out of it, he came back. He turned to his wife and muttered very softly, I can't go yet. It's too busy. Then he oh. slipped into a state of unconsciousness and died probably two hours later. The next day, we turned on the news, and last night, at seriously 15 minutes after his first death, was the detonation of the historic <sighs> head. Great. That's gross. Uh, the detonation of the historic Bali bombings that killed many people. Oh. I've never been really sure on religion afterlife, but this experience of mom's has always made me think. That gave me goosebumps. Oh. Legit. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Inform that information. Definitely give me goosebumps. <laughs> okay. Um, from Kaidra Draka. I don't know, that's what it says. I was taking some pictures at a graveyard for class, and my friends were there modeling for me. I asked one of my friends to try fake cry while I adjust my camera. While I go to take her picture, I see she is doing a great job crying. I take a couple of pictures. <laughs> I take a couple of pictures before realizing that she is looking at this big family grave with the exact names of her relatives. There was her dad's name, mom's, sisters, and brothers, exact name with exact last name. Her family lives in another state and they are all alive. So that was spooky. But later on, we were all in my car and we were listening to some music off a USB device. We were listening to a song for like the third time when the sound goes off and a horrible voice says, get back from where you came from. And the song continues where it left off. We were so creeped out, we had to stop and catch our breath. What, what a racist fuck? ass ghost. Get back from where you came. There's a bunch of little ones. Okay, from <laughs> Minneapolis with support. Feeling. Support the feeling. All right. We're supportive of the feelings of the people that who had to just makes me think that, like, the ghost of Christmas future was standing nearby and going, oh, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That wasn't for you. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Man, can you imagine, though, being Oof, in a cemetery yeah, and seeing your whole family's? I can, because my mother's bought plots for all of us. <laughs> and so whenever I go Great. to visit, the like, my deceased up. family, like, there we all are. I'm like, well, oh, well nice. there we all Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Ma. Finish. Finish. <laughs> That's the finish line. That's fine. I think the app is telling us to wrap it up. We are, look, we're not close to being done. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got a lot. Okay, from Minneapolis. I got to get out of here at five, Jamie. Yeah, we're fine. It's fine. <laughs> we're fine. We got time. We got time. My grandpa has always, uh, this is from Minneapolis. Uh, my grandpa has always been the type of guy to love science fiction and the paranormal. One time, he told me a story that has always freaked me out. Years ago, when my mother and her sisters were little, my grandpa had a Ouija board that he liked to mess around with 
with down in their basement. One day, he asked the Ouija board questions about himself that the board could answer, i.e., where am I from? What's my address? Who is my mother? Just to see what it would say. He asked, how many daughters do I have? And it responded with three. My grandpa said, I have four. And the board responded, not for long. Oh, dick move, board. Two weeks later, one of his daughters died in a car crash. Oh. Real dick move. Real dick move. Like, wow. Okay, there's more Asshole. short ones. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Do it, do it, From do it. From Sithuius. Notice they're not, the EVP's not interrupting That's you. true. I'm going to move uh, it over here to see if maybe the proximity. It could be. I was going to see. It could be, though, the bass in your voice. It, it picks up more on that. So you're saying I should read everything resonance. higher? No. My next story, I'm going to read it like this. I'm going to read it like this. I'm going to read it like this and see if it um, makes any difference. This is from Sithoius. S-I-T-H-O-I-U-Z. My grandmother had schizophrenia and severe paranoia. One of her major fears was that she was being watched, specifically people filming her. This is a common symptom, so we didn't think it was that strange. One day, we were visiting a large city far from our home, and there was a man with one of those old held-up cameras pointing at us. This was making my grandmother quite upset, so my dad went up to ask the guy if he could put the camera away, but the guy took off running. About 10 or so feet into this run, he smashed into another guy and dropped his camera. He kept on running, and after a bit, I think he realized he didn't have the camera because he looked back, and he had this big face of fear and anger, shook his head, and kept on running. Dad picked up the camera, and on it was about three to four hours of us walking around the city. Ah. Only us walking around the city. We never saw the guy again. A few years later, my grandmother died. This isn't the first strange thing that's happened to my family, though. Um, these are a bunch of little, little ones. Okay, I'll do another little one, and then you can Go do another one. Uh, the piano player. When oh. I was 15 years old, I lived in... Door. Door, okay. When I was 15 years old, I lived in Victoria, British Columbia. There were some old houses belonging to some famous or a famous family, something like that. They lived... Th- when? When. <laughs> like, I, I, all I do like is a, win no matter what. Like win, win, lose, or draw. Ah, all right. <clears throat> they, uh, a famous family, something like that. They lived there in the early 20th century, and there are some ghost stories about the house. Maybe seven years back, they moved the houses to a park next to a museum. There are tours, and you can go through the houses on your own as well. A friend of mine, his family, and I all went through the houses together, and in the basement room of one of the houses, we saw a woman playing piano. She played very well, and we complimented her on her abilities. The employees working as tour guides in such wore period clothing. She smiled, nodded, then kept playing. uh, playing. We went about our tour, and at the end, we said to a man working there that the piano player was very good. He looked confused and said there was no piano player employed there. All the employees were male. We looked at the photo on the wall behind him, showing the entire family circa late 1800s, early 1900s, and there was the piano player sitting with the family. We went back to find a thin, untouched layer of dust on the piano as well as the bench. Could have just been a creative hoax to draw on tourists, or it could be legit. All I know is that her face was exactly the one on the photo. God, what a great prank, though. (laughs) Have an old photo made of yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, Jamie, you're going to sit there and you're just going to play piano. And when they walk by, like, nod, acknowledge them. And then then and then cover everything with, with dust baby powder. When you're done, just <laughs> make that work quickly. Um, warning. I was driving in the mountains in the winter near Canonicus, uh, Alberta. <laughs> near Alberta. Canonicus? 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 Alberta. Somewhere else. Okay. And I was going around a turn at about 100 uh, kilometers an hour. 
I heard a soft voice in the back of my head whisper, be careful. And for some reason, I slowed down. <laughs> that, what do you mean for it's some the reason? the that whispered, be careful. <laughs> I'm seeing a connection. Um, <laughs> I slowed down to about 50 kilometers an hour. Within about 10 seconds, I came around a second corner and saw a couple of huge elk on the road and three or four cars that had stopped to take pictures. I had to navigate slowly around the cars and the elk. Had I been going full speed, I would have hit one of those huge elk head on and probably been messed up quite a bit. The Watcher. Mm. I grew up in a 125-year-old Victorian house. TV. TV. Uh, they didn't have those back then. No. The stairs to the basement would occasionally make noise as if someone were walking upstairs. Things sometimes it's randomly... reiterating fuck a basement this whole entire episode. <laughs> right. Things sometimes randomly fell off counters when no one was, uh, no one and nothing was near. I once saw a figure leaning in the doorway of my room. Mm. All that was weird, but not creepy enough to make me think, oh, ghosts, of course. Really? <laughs> that was, okay. It's an old house. It makes noise. <laughs> it also has random shadows um, <laughs> that look like people that peek around doors, I guess. It's Psh. just an old house. I love people that are just kind of like, Bleh. It's. I'm a skeptic. But you just saw a ghost. It could have been the wind. That's just, well, that was weird, <laughs> that, That's Jack. not even evoking the same sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was a kid and probably saw my mom checking in on us, et cetera, as all these explanations. Um, the one thing that did creep me out happened when I was in eighth grade and had a friend over for a sleepover. We were sleeping in cots set up in the basement. <laughs> About five feet, <laughs> I'm just like, ah, here it comes. About five feet away from each other. The bedrooms were on the main floor and my parents and brother were upstairs. I woke up in the middle of the night to see a man standing over my friend, just looking at her. After about 30 seconds, he turned and, without a glance at me, opened the door to the bathroom. I saw then that the bathroom light was on and very bright. The figure walked in, then closed the door behind Traveling. him. Traveling. Traveling. Walked in, then closed the door behind them, thinking it was my brother. I shrugged it off and went back to sleep. When I asked him the next day why he had come downstairs when we had a, a closer bathroom Candle. on the main... Candle. Why we came down? Why he came downstairs? When I asked him the next day <laughs> why he had come downstairs, when we had a closer bathroom on the main floor, he told me he hadn't even woken up that night. Ugh, I don't like it. A watery say. That's creepy too. Because what if it's a real person? Travel, traveling, travel. Travel, travel, travel. I'm I mean, you're not wrong. Um, a watery save. When I was a kid, I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> I don't know many kids that, you know, come prepackaged knowing how to swim. One day I go with my family they to They do know how to hold their breath. Well, that's it's that's not that's not the same as swimming. But I mean, it's instinctual. <laughs> You're halfway there. It's sure. Hurricane. hurricane. Oh, well. Uh, Is there a hurricane traveling? It's not oh, in God. season right now. So, I don't know. you look up the weather in like Richmond? <laughs> No. Damn it. Okay, when I was a kid, I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> One day, I go with my family to a relative's party whose home featured a swimming pool. I got bored, went out back alone, and walked around the pool when I noticed a leaf floating near the edge. I knelt down on both knees and tried to grab it, but I lost my balance. I grabbed the edge of the pool with both hands to try to steady myself, but to no avail. I was completely falling Raining. forward. Raining. I was completely falling forward, and my feet weren't touching ground anymore either. I remember my face getting mere inches from the water, but suddenly I was somehow forced back up. Ooh. Oatmeal. Oatmeal. That's what I had for <laughs> breakfast today. I decided to go back inside and join the party. One more short one. Okay. Uh, froggy. Before my parents, mom and stepdad, sold my stepdad's house, they were renovating it. 
Mm-hmm. That, that gets shit going. Uh, my stepbrother was four at the time and began to refuse to sleep in his room. No one thought anything of it until one night he came to my parents' bedroom and told them that the man in the ceiling told him, tell Froggy he's waiting for her. Mm. My stepdad's uncle, who had lived in the house's apartment until he died. Hot. Um, my stepdad's uncle, who had lived in the house's apartment until he died 15 years earlier, used to call his wife Froggy. His wife was still alive at the time. Oh, my. He's waiting for Froggy. Okay. All right, we have, let's see, let's do two more. How's that sound? How's that beverage? You need some more to drink? I just want everyone to know that that was not a bong. Okay, the sparrow. One, create. create. We're trying. Give, Shut up. I mean, we turned this <laughs> on. give us something really good. It could be really good, and we just don't know. I don't know. Oh. Pull. <laughs> Put. Pull. Create. It's very bossy right now. We went through states. Yeah, went through states. We went through names. Now it's just orders. Hurricane pull. Create a hurricane. Let's create a hurricane. Meat. Meat. Like meeting. Not meat like in Not eating. Interesting. All right. right, The sparrow. The sparrow. One early afternoon in 2006, a sparrow flew into my parents' work and landed on a piece of machinery my dad was working on. The sparrow spent half the day with my stepdad before flying into my mother's office and spending the second half of the day with her. The bird emergency. Emergency. Hmm. The bird followed my mom into her car and was there when she picked me up from school. Later that evening, after being halfway through my shift at my second job, my parents showed up at my work asking to speak to me and then proceeded to tell me that my biological father had been in a plane crash and passed away early that afternoon around the exact same time the sparrow showed up. Even better, the sparrow flew flew away right before my parents got the phone call. I've heard that some cultures believe the sparrow to be a messenger of death, which is what makes the situation so eerie. Now, I'm not sure if I necessarily believe that the the sparrow was my dad's spirit, but it really does make me wonder sometimes. Oh, messenger. It is cold in here. Homemade (laughs) Ouija board. Nope. Back in college, I met a new friend who claimed she can talk to spirits. Uh, (laughs) That's trouble. (laughs) That's when you're like, that's so great. She also tell you you should go on a cruise. Did did she tell you to jump (laughs) off a cliff? That's a garbage friend. Uh, That's a garbage friend. (laughs) Get rid of them. You deserve better. But didn't you try to get me to go on the cruise? Yeah, that's about how much I made, too. Uh, Oh, I asked her to show me. She could talk to spirits. Okay, I asked her to show me since I've been interested in hearing slash experiencing supernatural stories for the longest time. She'd show me how to create a Ouija-like game. But instead of using the board that you buy from a Halloween store, she uses a blank sheet of paper and a pen. Homemade style, I suppose. With this blank sheet of paper, she had me write home in the center, yes at the top right corner, no on the top left corner, and goodbye at the bottom of the paper. In the center of the paper, which says home, we'd hold a pen with the ballpoint facing down. Carefully and patiently, we'd ask the spirit to come through. I won't get into all the successful stories, but I have to say it worked. I would ask if it knew my social security number, and it would answer back in cursive writing on the paper. (laughs) Like spelling out your numbers? Jesus. That's excessive. That's a lot. That is a detail-oriented spirit, and I like it. (laughs) What, What? what, the Ouija and the spirit doesn't know 10 key? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, One of the freakiest moments was when my then boyfriend, our friends, and I were about to leave the house we rented. I convinced one of my girlfriends to to play the paper pens Ouija game with me. 
Not a surprise, it answered a lot of our questions that we already knew the answers to. Chill. chill. It was a chill Ouija board. Thing. <laughs> Powerful, though. It said power. Chill and uh, power. While we were still playing, my boyfriend and his friend were looking for Chris's, his friend, car keys for about 15 minutes. I thought we could use the spirit's help and asked if it knew where the car keys are. A few seconds later, it would write on the paper, Sam, Sam, Sam. We were a little confused to that reply since it had nothing to do with finding the keys. We asked it, are you trying to tell us if your name is Sam? Pen goes, no. Then the pen wrote repeatedly, 11, 11, 11. 11. We looked at each other again. Are you telling us you're 11 years old? Pen goes to no. We both got frustrated trying to decipher what it means. About 10 minutes had passed. My boyfriend and Chris come rushing to our room asking, what did the pen just tell you guys? Something about Love. Sam and 11? Love. Sing. Love sing. Love sing. Uh, something about Sam and 11? We nodded. They had this huge, surprising look on their faces and demanded us walk with them to the parking lot. You guys won't believe this. I'm a skeptic, but that shit is crazy, he said. We found Chris's car keys. The spirit thing you guys were talking about was right. He left his keys inside his own car. But check this out. Look at the license plate of the number of the car behind Chris's car. So as we slowly approached Chris's car, we scanned our eyes toward the license plate number of the car behind his and read, Sam 11. I love the hell out of that. <laughs> gave us all goosebumps. <laughs> but I stopped playing that game ever since. When it's nice, you stop. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I but love I'm playing glad the it game. was a I think they said that. I love playing the game when it's uh, nice. When it's nice. Well, I love playing. I love the hell out of that. Out of that fun part. But ooh, that's good. Ooh. Way to be helpful that one time. Oh, I'm so cold. I'm yawning now. It's cold <laughs> up here. Um... Well, so there's... That's fun. That's like good. Oh, wait. That. Anything oh, yeah, else, see, anything else see, to anything say? Else, anything else you have to tell us, EVP? This is kind of like using a Ouija board. Seems so like we're, no. We're asking for it, but... Oh, why didn't you have to say that? Well... All right, I stopped it. And now what are all the words? There are 115 <gasps> EVPs. I'll read them. All right. And, and it's going to sound exactly like the quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, we're just going to, like... Just read from, from the top. Sing, love, power, chill, dollar, emergency. Oh, that's from the... That's from recent. I'll start from so, the bottom. Yeah, okay. I was like, it started with Timothy. Suit, occur, Lucy, Timothy, clean, feeling, tobacco, repeat, need Easter, say, freezer, drunk, smell, relate, comfort, think, poison, always <laughs> work Harper <hard> answer. <laughs> <laughs> Donald shout... Valeria, South Carolina, peaceful hiding queen. Peaceful hiding queen. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me when I was in my teens. Um, <laughs> That's right. Now when I'm like, where are you at? If you're at a convention, you'll just be like, peaceful hiding queen. Peaceful. I'll be like, oh, you're hanging out in your hotel room. Got it. Peaceful hiding queen. <laughs> <laughs> Letter. Notice fire girls put Carol Lou gas crucifix. Might silly investigating herb. <laughs> Own fast ring by fightless in South Dakota, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> England infection throat, tool shower crowded tsunami carpet, Gary military, Harley, Wally, Kathy, catch scared, own appliance. Tell ice cream, Maine. <laughs> what did it say after Kathy? Uh, catch. Okay. Kathy, catch, scared, own appliance. I thought it said Tell Kathy, ice cat, cream, and I was Maine. like, that's my cat's oh. name, but it's catch. Noisy, noble, clam. <laughs> I 
gonna be my new online no, you're moniker. Such a noisy, noble noisy clam. noble clam. I'm, it's one of two personalities. I'm either a, si- a silent <laughs> peaceful, hiding queen or a peaceful hiding, hiding queen. queen or a nosy noble clam. <laughs> uh, crazy cap coffee pot step watch, Anna. Uh, <laughs> step watch, Anna. Step watch. Anna. Step watch, Anna. Um, Rose, honest now, taste careful state. <laughs> Suggest brother follows scream, Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> head inform support. Feeling finished door. Wind TV traveling candle travel. <laughs> traveling candle travel. Uh, hurricane raining oatmeal pot. Iowa create pull meat emergency dollar chill power love and sing. Sing. They don't mean anything to me. Nope. <laughs> Just a bunch of, I but mean. But that's that. Still harping on England infection. Right. That's concerning. We got to get masks, man. For the, <sighs> it's the flight I'm worried about. <sighs> but we'll see what happens. <sighs> um, all right. Well. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, guys, for, for listening. listening to us um, freak ourselves out. Michael is in Richmond yes. this weekend. Yes, yes. Oh, wait. Richmond, Virginia for Galaxy. He was Con. in Richmond last weekend. Where am I, Jamie? <laughs> It's hard because we had to we had to record this so early since you're going out of town. Oh, that's right, that's right. So, so I will. We'll have be in been. Liverpool this weekend. Yes. 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 Okay, got it. We got Correct. it. We're on it. Liverpool this weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just we're just trapped in we this are, limbo of it's time. Space and time. Mm-hmm. It's very strange and hard to work. You know out. what I'm about to do tonight? I'm about to go to uh, a screening here yes. in town of the My Hero Academia movie. I know it's so exciting. Yeah. I could probably go with you, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not in it. We'll miss you. For no, for one. They, I'm in it. I'm in it a bit. I know. There were a I'm, lot I'm of really people. Excited. I don't, they had I don't, this big LA. I don't get to be in it that much these days. And like there's a huge picture of you. That's really nice. So I'm hoping the pro heroes come back. They better. Sure. I got a pop. You did get a pop. That's a, a bad ass Mount Lady pop. I think so. She's very large. <laughs> it's my first pop. I think Tenya's getting a new pop soon. Well, yours has been Vaulted, vaulted for years, so. but I Maybe think I'm getting it. I think the new pop is in January. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> we just heard a loud slam. And sometimes when it slams, it's not Jack. So I just wanted to see if the dogs went outside. So, all right. Well, if you're in or around Liverpool, come see us. Yes. We're very excited about going. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, I don't think there's any. Send us your stories if you yeah, have, you know, if, if these words mean anything to y'all, please let us know. Oh, yes, please. It'd be kind of cool if it was for someone. Yeah. But um, I guess that's all we have. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, you guys, have a great week. And remember, it's, it's okay, okay to, to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on.